Hey everybody, have you considered starting a podcast? We here at Screwball highly recommend Podbean for getting your podcast out to a larger audience. Podbean has given us the ability to easily bring you Screwball each and every week on all of your favorite podcast services. Use the link podbean.com slash screwball to sign up and save up to 35% annually. You can also use the link podbean.com slash pro slash screwball to sign up for a business subscription. Happy podcasting. Hey everybody, welcome back to Screwball, a baseball podcast, your home for everything baseball. I'm your host, Mike LaPree, here with my co-host, Frank White. Hey, how's it going? This is episode 90 of Screwball. We're coming after a uh, week off, and we started our off-season here. And there's uh, a lot of happenings around baseball prior to the current lockout uh, that we are going through. We're going to the CBA agreement. So there have been, as you probably know, some signings, uh, some major free agent signings, including, you know, Max Scherzer and Corey Seager and guys like that. But we're not really going to cover, you know, the signings. Uh, in these weeks, we're going to wait till our predictions episode once we kind of have a full scope, what the league looks like, what teams look like, and et cetera, and what the CBA even looks like. We don't even know what that looks like. So it's just not really worth getting into now. But we're going to start our kind of similar to what we did last year, where we did an all-time list by positions. We're going to do an all-time list by franchise. So it works out kind of like how we do our predictions. We're going to start with each division, and we're going to go team by team in each division. And we're going to go position by position in each team and just say and talk about who's the best player at that particular position for that franchise. You know, who is the best shortstop for the Orioles? Who is the best catcher for the Blue Jays? Who is the best outfielder for the Yankees? You know, stuff like that. So uh, so let's start with the we're going to go in like alphabetical order here. So we'll start with the Baltimore Orioles. So we did a miniature version of like a starting roster. We do a starting nine. Uh, including a DH and a starting rotation, some relievers, and then we have honorable mentions that kind of fill out like a quote-unquote like a bench. I did more honorable mentions. I think you did a little bit more of a bench. I just kind of threw guys onto a list because it was like, well, they deserve to be mentioned. So so let's get right into it with the Orioles. I'm going to go uh, position by position, starting with catcher around the horn. Um, so the all-time franchise catcher after the Orioles is Chris Hoyles. Starting first baseman is Eddie Murray. Second baseman is Brian Roberts. Third base is Brooks Robinson. Shortstop, Cal Ripken. And the three outfielders in no really distinct outfield position. I didn't really go center field, left field, right field. It was just kind of three of the best outfielders. I did Adam Jones, Frank Robinson, and Nick Markakis. And for the DH position, I did Rafael Palmeiro. Moving on to the starting pitchers, I did Jim Palmer, Mike Messina, Dave McNally, Urban Shocker, and Mike uh, Mike Cooler, I believe is how you say his name, or Mike uh, Culler or something like that. Uh, and then the two relievers I have are Greg Olson and Zach Britton. And just a quick run-through of my honorable mentions, really in no position order or anything, just who came to mind first. Uh, Boog Powell, Ken Singleton, Darren O'Day, Manny Machado, Matt Wieters, Bobby Gritch, Davey Johnson, and Paul Blair. Orioles are... Just a great franchise. It was kind of an easy list to make, especially the infield positions. Uh, Cal Ripken, Brooks Robinson, guys like that. Those are pretty easy, pretty much on everyone's list, I would think. Eddie Murray, you know. So there's definitely some guys here. The Orioles have a great historic franchise. And there's definitely guys here that would make an all-time team, kind of like a Cal Ripken. But that's the kind of team I'm looking at. So I don't know what your roster is looking like. I'm sure it's kind of similar. So, yeah, let us know what what you're uh, looking at, Frank. Yeah, so, um, yeah, and I think you mentioned pretty much every player that I I have on my list in some sort of capacity here. 
Um, but to start, I got Matt Wieters at catcher. You know, first base, Eddie Murray. Can't go wrong there. Um, one of the greatest switch hitters of all time. Second base, Brian Roberts. Uh, another one who's, you know, Oriole lifer. Um, just funny to see that the first three guys here on this list, so for me, were all switch hitters. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. So, um, shows you their, uh, their versatility and their depth there. Um, third base, Brooks Robinson. I mean, that's pretty much set in stone at this point. Uh, shortstop, Cal Ripken. Another one pretty much set in stone. We go to the outfield, you know, we got Frank Robinson. I know he didn't play there a whole bunch, but still, his his years there were, were very impactful. Uh, outfielder Ken Williams, older player. And outfielder Boog Powell, who was um, MVP one year. Oh, I don't know. I'm that. pretty sure he was MVP one year for the Orioles. Um, oh, wow. And a big home run hitter. And has Boog's barbecue out there in Camden Yard, so it still has an impact <laughs> on the Orioles. Yeah. Um, at DH, I got George Sisler. I know... So for me, a lot of these you know teams you know we didn't have DH for that long, so these guys might not have played DH. I just kind of used you know a really good hitter and someone who I didn't you know maybe another guy who fit a position better. So George Sisler was a first baseman, so I, Eddie Murray I put as my first baseman. So I just put George Sisler as a DH because he's really deserved to be on a team. So my guys might not have actually been DHs. I know that's kind of weird, but that's kind of you see a lot of lists just because you have to leave out a lot of old players. And we did only a DH list, you know. You're really cutting your, your team in half here. You know, your DH here for the Orioles. If you were just strictly DH, you know, Chris Davis is there. Oh, God, so we yeah. don't want to do stuff like that. Yeah, um, I, I kind of did the same thing. I tried doing a DH, but yeah, you can't yeah. always. So the DH I used with George Sisler, who was a really good, very good hitter. Um, Pitching-wise, I went with Jim Palmer, obviously. Mike Messina, Mike Flanagan, Urban Shocker, and Mike Kuhler. Mike Kuhler. Um, relief pitchers, Greg Olson, like you mentioned. And my relief pitcher, other one was Darren O'Day. His uh, coming from, I believe, Texas, and um, not really doing much. And then went to the Orioles and was there for you know eight, eight, nine years. It was dominant. So I thought that was and, and unique. Yeah. So I thought that was a big, big piece of why you know he should be mentioned. Um, some guys I put on you know honorable mention slash bench, however you want to consider it. Uh, Rafael Palmero, obviously his issues. Um, Ken Singleton, great Oriole. Uh, Manny Machado, can't go wrong there. Help. Big help to get the team into you know, you know, back to being good again. Right. Underrated player here, Melvin Mora. Yeah. You know he was there with Miguel Tejada. Uh, pitcher Jack Powell, and pitcher Zach Britt. So those were some honorable mention bench backup kind of guys to just throw out there to add to the their kind of their all time roster here. Yeah. I mean, like I said, you know, um, you could play around with the outfield as we did. Catcher, you could go between. I think it's really between those two guys. Chris Hoyles and Weeders. I, I saw another name I wasn't familiar with, maybe from like the 70s or whenever they were really good. But I feel like your infield pretty much stays the same. Maybe you could change up Brian Roberts, maybe. Uh, and DH you could play with. But, you know, a, a lot of similarities here, and I think a lot of people would have a similar list. Um, now, Orioles fanatics could come at us with some other names, but, uh, you know, we're not Orioles fans per se. We don't know their franchise up and down, left and right, so... I think the list is pretty consistent with a lot of other lists. And, I mean, I'd run this team out against another all-time team. You know, I think that while the Orioles aren't great right now and have really had a rough 2000s, let's be honest, last, like, maybe 20, 30 years they've had a rough go of it, I think that they always seem to find at least one guy, you know, like a Manny Machado, a Chris Davis, you know, Dan, you know, Mark Trumbo for a little while, their, most, their more recent guys I'm talking about. They seem to always find stars, so, you know, and I'm sure they're going to be getting back to that with uh, 
with uh, what's his name, the catcher Adley Rushman. Adley Rushman, Cedric Mullins. Yeah, John they'll, Means. Yeah, they'll they'll get back there. So um, there might be some more names being added to this list soon. Uh, so let's move on to the next team again, alphabetical order. We're gonna go to the Boston Red Sox. Maybe uh, you know a little easier team to do as well, um, but also simultaneously kind of a hard team because they had so many. You know, they're a team that's had a lot of legends come through. So. So let's run through the Red Sox, same thing we did with Orioles. Let's go position by position. So as the all-time franchise catcher, I have Carlton Fisk. At first base, I have Jimmy Fox. Second base, I have Dustin Pedroia. Third base, I have Wade Boggs. Shortstop, I have Nomar Garcia-Para. Outfielders, I have Ted Williams, of course. Yastrzemski, of course. Uh, and Dwight Evans. And then DH, you have David Ortiz, obviously. Starting pitchers, I did Roger Clemens. Cy Young, Louis Tiant, Pedro Martinez, and Tim Wakefield. It's a little bit of a surprise entrant on the list, at least for me. And the two relievers I, ha- I have are uh, uh, Jonathan Papelbon, and the second one I have is Craig Kimbrell. It is time there. Uh, just some honorable mentions I wanted to throw out there. Uh, Jim Rice, uh, I don't think it's enough credit. Manny Ramirez, uh, Tris Speaker, Fred Lynn, Bobby Doerr, uh, Bob Stanley, and Mookie Betts. Uh, Mookie Betts obviously gone there, but left an impression for sure. Yeah, I think that there's some positions you could play around here. I think that I think when it's all said and done, if he sticks around, I think that your all-time shortstop could be Xander Bogarts coming up. Bogarts isn't too. I actually looked up Bogarts' stats to see if he actually passed no more in anything, and he's coming up on him. So if he if Bogarts stays around, he's kind of the Red Sox guy for a while. He could shortly. I, I would look out for him to be up there in your in your conversation for best Red Sox shortstops. I know how much Red Sox fans love to talk about no more Garcia Parra, but um, you got a nice star with Xander Bogarts too, and Rafael Devers over next to him too at third. You know, you never know. He could be an all-time third baseman too for them. You never know. But that's what my Red Sox team's looking like. Yeah, I think my team is almost, you know, exactly the same here. Um, you getting catcher Carlton Fisk, first base Jimmy Fox, second base Dustin Pedroia, third base Wade Boggs, shortstop no more. Um, the outfield, uh, the Red Sox outfield has some historic depth. So that's why, you know, you leave off a lot of guys here. Yeah. Um, again, Ted Williams, Jeff Strzemski, Dwight Evans, D.H. being David Ortiz, pitching Cy Young, Roger Clemens, Louis Tiant, Pedro, Wakefield, again, is a surprise one. I think we both put on. Um, just his longevity there, um, being one of the greatest knuckleball pitchers um, and his, you know, noticeability. Everyone knew who Tim Wakefield was. Um, so I just wanted to mention that. Yeah. Um, relief pitcher Jonathan Papelbon and relief pitcher Ellis Kinder. Uh, then go to the honorable mention bench, uh, Trish Speaker. Again, one of those outfielders, you know, with the you know, Hall of Fame legends they have sitting here. It's hard to kind of crack it. Um, Trish Speaker, Manny Ramirez, mm-hmm. Jim Rice, Fred Lynn, Lefty Grove, and Bob Stanley. So those are my uh, bench slash honorable mention. Um, again, the Red Sox. Great depth in the outfield for sure. Uh, pitching wise, they have you know you've been around for over a hundred years in a, in, a, in a great division, great franchise. They won a lot early on. Legendary stadium. You have so much going on. You're gonna have so many great players. So you know, obviously you're gonna miss a few, but um, you know some of these guys are, are you know set in stone. You know, Ted Williams and, and Jim Shensky, You know those aren't those guys really aren't coming off the list. Yeah, right, right. And that's what makes it hard is. You have so many outfielders. I tried to find a way to get Fred Lynn on the list. You look at Dwight Evans' stats, it's like, well, you got to have him there. And you're not moving Will 
Ted Williams and Yastrzemski. I guess you could play around with Pedroia at second. There's definitely um, a case for Bobby Doerr. I don't think you'll ever touch Ortiz at DH either. I guess at first base, you know, Jimmy Fox is hard to argue with, but I guess you could, throughout the years, there's uh, been other guys there too as well. You know, if, uh, if you're a real recency-biased guy with the Red Sox, Jason Varitek, a catcher, but I wouldn't. I don't know if I'd ever put him over Fisk. So there's, there's you know, there's room to play with the Red Sox, but they have some, they're another team like the Orioles, just legends. Um, Ted Williams may be the greatest hitter of all time, or at least one of them. So hard to argue with that too. Yeah. Definitely a team you could run out against all the other teams. So moving on from the Red Sox, let's go to their rivals in the New York Yankees, which is what most people would think are the other powerhouse, kind of all-time team in this division. Uh, so let's go through what the Yankees' all-time team is looking like. And starting the same way, a catcher with Yogi Berra. First base, you have Lou Gehrig. Second base, Robinson Cano. Third base, A-Rod. Shortstop, Derek Jeter. The outfield's pretty good. You got Joe DiMaggio, Mickey Mantle, and Babe Ruth. And DH, I put Hideki Matsui. Uh, the pitching is where it kind of, the Yankees, I think, all-time team is a little uh, lackluster, or at least comparatively to other teams. You have Whitey Ford. Uh, Rod, I put Roger Clemens twice, um, just because I thought that his time with the Yankees and Red Sox were the, pretty much the heights of his career. Um, so I put him there as well. Uh, Andy Pettit, Red Ruffing, and Ron Guidry. Then for my two relievers, kind of easy to pick, Mo and Goose Gossage. And then just some honorable mentions I have, Reggie Jackson, uh, Mike Stanton, Jason Giambi, uh, Joe Gordon and Willie Randolph. I put a second baseman. Uh, Thurman Munson, and Bernie Williams. So, I mean, there's... The Yankees are just such a historic franchise. You can go really far back and find guys. I don't know if you're necessarily replacing a Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, or Yogi Berra, but there's a case for second base with Joe Gordon, Willie Randolph. Uh, DH, there's certainly a conversation there. Uh, Shortstop, you're probably not taking Jeter out. And third base with A-Rod, for all the controversy with him... Kind of hard to take him out. So, and obviously Mo is the greatest reliever of all time, so you're not moving him. Uh, I think there's room to play with the starters, though. I think that's where your biggest contention will come with different people's lists is who you have as a starter. So, that's who I got for the Yankees. I don't know what, you know, we're, we are Yankee fans after all, so we should know their stats and the players the best at it, you know, so I don't know what you got. Yeah, I think our lists are, or this, this list here is for the Yankees is somewhat similar. Uh, I got Yogi behind the plate, Lou Gehrig. Robinson Cano, A-Rod at third, Jeter at short, and the outfield, Joe DiMaggio, Mickey Mantle, <clears throat> and Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth being the greatest player of all time. Um, DH, uh, I know, you know, you had Matt Sui actually DH'd. I put Reggie there. This is impact with the Yankees in those, in those years. Also, he was kind of built like a DH. So, if there was one. Right. Um, Pitching-wise, Whitey Ford, Ron Guidry. I have Lefty Gomez, Andy Pettit, and CeCe. CC got the Yankees back into the winning ways and dominant ace there for many years. Fan favorite for a long time. Um, relief pitchers, very you know, the same here. Mariano Rivera, Luis Gossage. Um, some honorable mentions here. Bench guys, Don Maddenly, Bernie Williams, Thurman Munson, <clears throat> Dave Winfield, I think is a little bit forgotten. Mm. He was dominant there. I agree. Uh, Sparky Lyle and Don Larson. Uh, Don Larson, uh, career stats aren't overpowering. 
but again, longevity with the Yankees and obviously the, the perfect game in the World Series and being on winning teams and stuff like that. Honestly, I think he has a a place there in Yankee history. Yeah, I, I think pound for pound, it's not because I'm a Yankee fan. I think pound for pound, the Yankees certainly, I would say, almost certainly have the best lineup. I think the pitching you can mess around with. You probably have the best bullpen uh, and the best bench. So you like your chances if, say, you were to have like a, a tournament between all five teams in this division, you like your chances if you're the Yankees. You know, they had a lot of, lot of success in the early days of, you know, the league, in which, you know, I think, believe their first World Series was in 23. So since then, they kind of always had a dynasty going. Red Sox are right there, Orioles, you know. So, again, there's room to play with some of these positions. As you saw, you put Reggie Jackson at DH, it makes sense because really, if, you know, you look at up and down, he's probably the next best hitter you could put in the lineup. So he makes the most sense. And won two World Series with them. So, I mean, in yeah. the short time he was there, got two rings. So 77 being one of the greatest <clears throat> offensive performances he's going to see out of a player, too. Right. So, I mean, you, you know, it's hard to argue there. And I don't know. The Bronx Zoo with Reggie. Oh, yeah. His impact on the Yankees is, is still felt, even as an advisor and stuff in the future, you know, past his playing days. Yeah, he's uh, – what was it? He was the straw that stirs the drink or whatever his, yeah. his famous uh, catchphrase was. But, yeah, so, the you know, I think those three teams we just went through are probably your three best teams here. These next two don't have quite the history as the other two teams, and you'll see it here. We're going to get into the next team. Yeah, yeah. is nowhere near no, no. Uh, yet where Zero. those teams were. Um, so you're going to hear a lot of recent names here if you're if – you're, if you kind of grew up with baseball like we did uh, in this era. You hear a lot of a lot of familiar names. So let's jump into that team, the Tampa Bay Rays slash Devil Rays. Uh, when were they? When were they put into the league in the last thirty years? Like in the nineties, they were early two thousands. I think it was right after the strike in ninety four. You know, you had the Diamondbacks came in, right? Mm-hmm. They came in in what ninety seven. Yeah, it was something like that. I think Buck Walter was like one of their first. They came in. Diamondbacks and Marlins came in together. Yeah, and then Tampa Bay and somebody else came in together. Mm-hmm. I don't remember who it was. Maybe the Nationals for the Expos? I don't know. Uh, somebody, I think, with a brand new team altogether. But maybe the Marlins... Might have been Diamondbacks and Rays came together. Or Marlins came with somebody else. Maybe maybe the Rockies. Yeah, they, I'm they not... Really um, long history. I'm going to look it up right now just because I'm curious. Uh, they, um... They were, they were... The first year for the expansion team, they were approved in 1995, like you said, post... Um, strike post strike and they began playing the 98 season that was when they came in uh did they come in with anyone is the question how'd, uh how'd the diamondbacks with, yeah had to come in with two yeah have to come in with another team right so the Marlins must have came in earlier they um, must have come in pre-strike because they they won in 97 they won in 97 so, so. they had to come in with probably like the rockies <clears throat> maybe the rockies because the rockies haven't been around that long yeah maybe them otherwise pretty much every other team's kind of been been around for a long time right yeah so you have a team here in the Rays who a great the Diamondbacks have a little bit more history with them because they had that famous 01 World Series and have had some years since then the Rays have a little bit more of a low budget team and uh kind of have had to make things work since their inception so the very m- more recent success yeah oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah and they you know they went to the World Series in 08 that was their first taste really after 10 years of being in the league that was their first taste and just recently, yeah, you have a 100-win team this year, even though they got knocked out. They were in the World Series during the uh, 2020 season. So, you know, they, uh, they're they getting there, even with uh, the low payroll. They, they 
figure it out. But this list is obviously nowhere near the Orioles, Red Sox, or Yankees list. So let's um, let's get into some names here with the Rays starting again from the catching position. Uh, the Rays all-time starting catcher is Toby Hall, which is amazing. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if you start if Mike Zanino sticks around. I believe didn't he just sign an extension or something? I think two years or so like that. If he hits the home runs, he's way he's been hitting them and, and plays. He'll probably be the and guy. His average goes up. This year's average was up a little bit. Yeah, he was like two hundred this year. I think he was like two twenties or so. Yeah, you could see him take definitely take this up for grabs. Very good too. Yeah, for sure. Uh, first base, all time first baseman is Carlos Pena. Uh, second base, Ben Zobrist. Third base, Evan Longoria. Shortstop is Julio Lugo. Uh, the three outfielders I have are Carl Crawford, BJ Upton, slash Melvin Upton, and uh, Kevin Kiermeyer. And the all-time DH for them I have is Fred McGriff. As far as, as far as the starting pitching, I have James Shields, David Price, Blake Snell, Scott Casimir, and Matt Garza. The two relievers I have are Rafael Soriano and Fernando Rodney. And then my honorable mentions are Aubrey Huff, Jake McGee, Chris Archer, Desmond Jennings, Bronco Baldelli, Logan Forsythe, and Jason Bartlett. So, some recent names there. That some just aren't that great. Some incredible names. Um, you know the especially the relieving core has been. Uh, you know, other than a few guys, I think their all-time saves leader is only they have like 101, and he was only there like four years. So, yeah. you know, it's kind of, you could kind of pretty much pick your poison with the relievers. Um, starting pitching, though, is is one of their bright spots. It always has been. So I think that their starting pitching stacks up pretty well, especially guys, these guys that were in their prime, Shields and Price and Casimir and, you know. So their pitching stacks up. It's just their hitting is, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's something really else. Good, yeah. So um, I don't know. What, yeah, what, your, what does your list look like? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty similar because, again, the player depth here, is um, incredible. It's not good, really. So, uh, catching wise, Toby Hall. I tell you, that's probably the first time I've seen, I've seen his name since he played. <laughs> now, even then, no one wanted to see his name. Uh, first base, Fred McGriff. Um, obviously, a great player, a Hall of Famer. Uh, hopefully, soon to be. Uh, but Hall of Famer um, ended his career there for a little while. Actually, some good years. Uh, ben Zobris, I think, started really started the versatility we see now in baseball with players. For sure. Uh, Longoria. Possibly being their best player they've ever had. Uh, Julio Lugo, Carl Crawford had a great run of it there. Uh, Melvin slash BJ Upton. Desmond Jennings, I have as my other outfielder. DH Aubrey Huff, obviously had success after his career there too. Uh, starting pitcher, James Shields, big game James. Thayer Price, Matt Garza, doing no hitter there. Uh, Blake Snell, obviously very recent history here. Uh, and Scott Casimir had some great years there. Um, Pitching-wise, uh, relief pitching-wise, Alex Colomay. He was there for actually a good stint there, six, seven years. And Jake McGee. He was there for a while as well. Um, some bench honorable mention, Travis Lee. Sean Rodriguez, another versatility guy. Really brought that. Rocco Baldelli, first overall pick, right? Yeah, I think so, yeah. like the savior, and he played pretty good for a couple of years. Injuries really struck his career short. Mm. Um, was also a coach there, I believe. Bench coach or base coach for a little while. Something, yeah. Matt Joyce. Really had a solid. That's where he had the majority of his, his numbers there. Yeah. Brandon Rodney just didn't pitch that long there, but obviously his couple of years were great. And Chris Archer was actually back there, um, mm. but he had a really good, um, you know, four or five years there. Yeah. So, 
the Rays, a lot of these guys are more recent. In the last 10 years they've been there, um, just because that's when the team kind of turned a little bit better. Um, right. For the most part, though, the first 10 years of that franchise, you know, you had really um, guys ending their careers, trying to pad on stats, looking for, you know, just a place to play, getting some money, makeshift managers in a makeshift stadium. Yeah. And the toughest division in baseball. Yeah. They so, had some bad years before they started to the have this resurgence. teams and <laughs> – uh, hundred and so losses. Wade yeah. Boggs, three thousand hit. You know, you had guys like Conseco. You just, you know, place where your career kind of faded off into the sun, just to pad some stats, essentially. Yeah. Because you really weren't going to be good until the late two thousand tens, or should say, late two thousands into the two thousand tens, where you actually became a competitive, somewhat competitive team. And again, the hardest division. If they were in a different division, does that help them? Look at the Diamondbacks. They walked into the you know the NL West where there was the Padres were good for a couple of years, Giants really weren't that good. Yeah, they were actually they were all right. You know, hit or miss years. Dodgers weren't that good. Mm. So you were able to kind of walk in and be like, okay, we're somewhat good. You walk into the Yankees, Red Sox, um, even the late nineties. You know, Orioles were still okay. Toronto was just coming off of back to back World Series. So you walk into the toughest division. Yeah. So it was kind of hard to really you know get footing. You know, spinning your tires on on ice. Yeah, you come in, say you come in in 98, Yankees and Red Sox really haven't let up since then. Yankees won three, um, go, on, go on to win three in a row. Yeah, you don't even have a shot there. The Orioles were just, I believe they were just coming off great years. You know, like you said, Blue Jays were coming off World Series not too long ago. So, and then you're here as an expansion team with Aubrey Huff as your DH. It's like, oh, okay. You know, yeah. it's like, uh-oh. Yeah. So, but they figured it out. And then you had so, the other teams in the AL as well at that time, too. Not to mention you had the Indians, you had to go play a couple yeah. times, White Sox. Mm. You know, so there's other teams, too. Not that that's, that's, you know, the reason, but when you got to play, you know, the Yankees in the late 90s and the early 2000s 19 times, and the Red Sox 19 times, yeah. Manny Ramirez, and you're walking out there with, you know, Wade Boggs trying to get 3,000 hits, and Conseco roaring out of his mind, and uh, Fred McGriff coming on to his last legs, and, you know, Toby Hall. It's your best career catcher. I mean, John Flaherty. Like you're just you. You don't really have a a consistent chance. It makes it tough. It definitely yeah. makes it tough. Yeah, yeah. And then your stadium and your fan. You know, you don't really have a great fan base, and your stadium was, you know, so it's just everything was against them. But now they're here. Yeah, and they're good, and they figure it out every year. They make crazy additions and subtractions, and they always find guys to. They get the most out of their guys for sure. So. Their, I think their future is ahead of them as far as who their franchise guys are. I think Longoria is pretty much, you know, he's going to be on that list for a while. But, you know, your Desmond Jennings, Kevin Kiermeyers, Matt Joyce, Carlos Pena, you know, Sean Rodriguez. Those guys are coming off the list, you would like to think. Uh, Toby Hall, <laughs> you know, so, um, you know, as they start to have better years here. Uh, you know, you could see a Randy Rosarena all of a sudden be one of their best outfielders ever. A Mike Zanino. Juan Franco um, is probably already one of their. You could almost put Juan Franco as their best he, franchise shortstop. Yeah, player. actually, yeah, I probably even should have just thought about putting Wander Franco down there instead of what's his name. Um, no, 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 uh, uh, Bartlett. Oh, Jason Bartlett. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I probably should have put uh, Wander Franco in there, but I mean, his career's remain to be seen. But he's, you know, he's exciting, so I think he'll be fine. Um, so the last team, at least alphabetically in this division is the Blue Jays who are a little bit in between, you know, the Rays and the, the other teams, they have some names here, but they don't have a ton 
They're not as storied as the Red Sox, Yankees, and Orioles. Um, so there's definitely some names here, but they're not. I, I don't think they're gonna. There's not as much recency bias as there is with the Rays, but they're not gonna blow your socks off. You know, at least that's that's what I found with my list. So uh, starting again, same way, starting with the catching position. Blue Jays all all star or all time uh, catcher is Ernie Witt. At first base, Carlos Delgado. Second base, Roberto Alomar. Third base, I have Josh Donaldson. Shortstop, I have Tony Fernandez. My three outfielders are Vernon Wells, George Bell, and Jesse Barfield. And at DH, Jose Batista. Uh, as far as starters, you have Dave Steeb, Roy Halladay, Jimmy Key, Jim Clancy, and Pat Hentgen. Uh, and the two relievers are Dwayne Ward and Tom Henke. Then, as far as honorable mentions, you have a you have a ton of other guys here. Honestly, uh, Alex Rios, Greg Zahn, Roberto Ozuna, Edwin Encarnacion, John Olerud, uh, Joe Carter, and and Sean Green. Uh, I think there's definitely depth to this Blue Jays as far as the hitting, especially recent with Jose Batista and Encarnacion and Donaldson. Those years, like the Orioles, where they kind of made a little bit of a comeback and started to they were in the the championship series and they had that. Famous game against the Rangers in the playoffs. So there's a little bit more recent guys here because they had a, a little bit of a run going on. But overall, there's a little, there's a nice solid mix between the early, mid 2000s, late 2000s, 2010s, early 90s. You know, there's a nice solid mix here. So I don't know what your Blue Jays list is kind of looking like here, but. Yeah, um, it's, it's pretty similar to Blue Jays. Um, not too much real old history, uh, more, uh, you know, Late 70s, 80s, 90s is kind of where you get most of their their franchise guys. Um, so to go into it, I, like you mentioned, catcher Ernie Witt, uh, first base Carlos Delgado, the you know, <laughs> the spitting image of your Don Alvarez. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, second base Roberto Alomar. Third base I have uh, Rance Malenix. Hmm. Uh, Rance Malenix. That's why I have a third base. Um, he's like third or fourth all time most games played for Toronto. Um, and he was a big part of their winning in the late 80s and 90s. Mm-hmm. Just wasn't a big stat RBI home run guy. But, you know, on base, I think he had like a 370 during those years. Like, he was on base getting hits, just, you know, unsung hero. So I just wanted right. to bring him up. Just his longevity there, too, was a real big thing. Uh, shortstop Tony Fernandez, he was there like three different stints. He was always there playing. Yeah. Um, outfield Joe Carter, I mean, you know, touch them all, Joe's biggest moment, probably in Blue Jays history. So how do you not? have him, you know, on there. Yeah. Uh, Vernon Wells was there for a long time, played well. George Bell won MVP there, I believe. Uh, very good player. DJ Edwin Encarnacion, just fan favorite and never really lacked talent with them. Mm-hmm. Seen Jose Bautista dip off. And could he have been on steroids? Who knows? Edwin Encarnacion, you never really, you know, wondered about that. Right. Uh, starting pitcher-wise, Dave Steve, one of the best pitchers of his time. I think he gets, doesn't get credit at all. I agree. Uh, next one, Jimmy Key. Third pitcher, Roy Holiday. Another one, Pat Hennigan. And the last one, I got David Wells. David Wells had some great years there. Uh, another one who kind of played on a bunch of teams. Does he really have that one that he could really lock in and say that was his team? Mm. I, think, I think the Blue Jays for David Wells is probably pretty close, even though I know I think he had his issues with the Blue Jays. Yeah. Um, mm. But, you know, he had some years there, and he was really good. You know, really was like an ace for the Blue Jays. Yeah. Uh, relief pitchers, Tom Hennigke and Dwayne Ward. And some some bench guys here, some honorable mentions, John Olerud, Jose Batista, Jesse Barfield, underrated career for them. Sure. Uh, Shannon Stewart, another one was more, 
late 90s, 2000s, played there a bunch of times. Um, just because, you know, it was always there playing. You always look at the Blue Jays at that time. Shannon Stewart was there. Yeah. Another one, Jim Clancy and Mike Icorn. And some other uh, guys here I just wanted to mention for the Blue Jays. Right. Uh, but again, their, their franchise, their history really comes from some of the late 70s, 80s, really the 90s. Obviously, some couple guys here from the, you know, 2000s. But that's kind of where their main history is. You know, that's you don't have some real old players. You don't have real, real new players yet. You have a lot more of the, you know, 70, 80, 90s, you know, guys who um, yeah. you definitely heard about and you definitely see highlights of. None of the guys who you didn't have cameras and stuff like that. Like Yankees and Red Sox, where they really have history that goes back over 100 years. Mm. Um, or the Rays, a history that goes back 20 years. Mm. So you kind of have a middle ground with them. Yeah, I, I mean, they, you know, it's like you said, they, there's like a nice middle ground there. They don't go all the way back to early, you know, baseball, but they don't really, you know, it's not like they're the Rays, which is the last 20 years. So they have a nice little balance there, and they have some good players. So, I mean, I still don't think they really stack up to the Orioles, Red Sox, Yankees lists, um, but they're they're there. They, they They've got some young team. stars now, yeah. um, so you can definitely see – Vladimir Guerrero Jr. fly on this list, uh, Bo Bichette. So there's some guys here that uh, you could see in the future, which is good for them. Um, but for now, you know, their fr- all-time franchise list is has definitely some good players on it, but not not quite the history as, you know, the Yankees, the Red Sox, Orioles. Right. The Yankees and Red Sox, or even Orioles, but the Blue Jays have a really solid, you know, all-time team here. Um, sure. And you could put them against, you know, just about anybody, and they'll, you know, <clears throat> it'll be a really good game. Good pitching. Especially with the pitching, yeah. But, yeah, the Blue Jays definitely have a solid franchise team here, you know. Uh, otherwise, though, that's pretty much, that's that's it. That's our AL East. Yeah, um, that's the division. There's some franchises that, you know, again, you know, some of the greatest players of all time, but also a franchise that has, you know, little to none yet, at right. least. But uh, it's fun to go through them because you get to see somebody's names and you get to pull them out. Mm. Uh, but also you get to pick over, you know, when you look at the Yankees and the Red Sox, you know, the outfield's kind of set in stone. So, who you you know. Right, yeah. It's... Do you want to be brave and pull one of them out? Or, you know, you're going to be brave enough to leave them off? So, but it's good to get to talk about some of these players and, you know, they're different, they're different teams and, you know, bring some of these people up because you don't really talk about them as much. You don't talk about, you know, Jimmy Key doesn't get talked about. And Dave Seabee no. doesn't get talked about. Yeah. Uh, Pat Hennigan, you know. Um, sure. Then you look at the Rays, you got a bunch of guys that never even get remembered. You know, then you look at the Orioles and there's guys there, you know, you don't talk about, you know, Boo Powell. You know, he doesn't get mentioned. And, no. And, uh, you know, there's a bunch of guys there, Brian Roberts even. You yeah. Know, there's just so many players that you just don't, you don't think about. Yeah, he's not the first that comes to mind for, you know, for some positions. Yeah, even you though know. they had really, you know, Brian Roberts, a great career, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, it gets, you know, really gets you to, to think about the game and the history of the game. Um, but all facets of the game, all facets, you know, what they did for the team, the franchise, the game, but also early 1900s. We had guys from early 1900s on this list, and we had guys from who were still playing. Right, right. So it's, you know, you don't really get that on an all-time players list like we did last year. Mm-hmm. You know, those guys are, you don't have anybody probably from even the 2000s on there. Right, right. You know, um, you mostly have guys way old and stuff like that, but this gets to bring in a little bit of everybody. Yeah. Sure. So it gets, you know, it really is fun to talk about and, and go back and forth and really fun to research. Yeah, definitely. For sure. 
because there's some guys here that I totally forgot about. I don't know their stats. What are some positions where there's no definitive guy? Especially relief pitchers. Yeah. Is a big thing. Or even the bottom starting pitcher of each franchise. Kind of, you kind of like, all right, who am I going to kind of fit in there? Three's like, all right, three's pretty easy. Four, all right, five, all right. You know, getting a little. Yeah, then you can really play with it. Short stops, you know, never really too much depth there till right now. Yeah. Superstars there. For a while there, it was just kind of. Yeah. You know, catchers, again, you know, the couple good ones that hit throughout the years are great. Right. Otherwise, you're kind of just in the gray area. Mm-hmm. So, but it's, it's like that. It's pretty fun to see uh, and learn some stuff um, and talk sure. about the, again the history, but all from 1900s to, to now we're talking. Yeah. That's, that's everything. So that's that's why it's, you know, a little different and uh, it's pretty cool, especially when you talk about some of these younger franchises. Yeah. You get to uh. really kind of make a list and, and talk about some guys that you've seen and, and some guys like the, even the Blue Jays, not that old, but the Rays especially, they're super young. So, um, it's pretty cool when you get the Yankees. Their team's been set in stone. You can go look it up. You know, you go look it up 50 years ago, and most of it was going to be the same. Yeah, the list. This <clears throat> this list probably hasn't changed or doesn't change much in the last seven years I don't know with if it's Cano. Ever, ever going to change again? No, I, I mean, DH is there's play there and second base. That's it. Yeah. You get a really well, good it, second it, base that comes it, along. Take the steroid out, maybe a rod. Yeah. Base. Maybe some starting pitching, you know, but for the most part, it's, you know, it's, you got to do battle to get them in and, you know, get someone else on there. Yeah, if you want to, oh, well, I think so-and-so is a better first baseman. It's like, well, it's hard to argue with Luke Gehrig, you know. So, I think uh, if I had to kind of rank this division as far as franchise, you know, franchise teams, I think the Yankees are probably the best. Red Sox right behind them. Orioles right there, especially with their pitching. Then Blue Jays and Rays to follow. Um, I think that's pretty, yeah. you know, maybe you can make a case for the Red Sox Orioles because they do have a lot of a lot of history there. But I think that the, I think Yankees, Red Sox, Orioles, Blue Jays, Rays is more or less what you're looking at. Yeah, and the Rays, when we get through them all, well, you'll probably be, you know, they'll probably be the bottom two or three. It's just how it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so that, that's pretty much our, that's our, kind of our, our roster. That's kind of how we are going good about it here you know, with the other divisions. Um, and again, some of the things I looked at with some of these players, again, were, you know, longevity with the team, impact for the team. Um, did they win? Did they win awards? You know, what they did, um, records, stuff like that. You know, you don't want to bring up, oh, well, this guy played with that team and, you know, he played for that team for one year, like Pudge or something for the Yankees. Like, oh, he played there, but, you know, he's not an all-time great for that team. Yeah, right, right. So, you know, and where do you think about him when you, when you think about him, you know, uh, when you think about the player, where do you kind of, picture them um some guys like fred mcgriff you can kind of stick around david wells clemens even but like where were some real good years um or even for like the rays you know was there a first baseman better than fred mcgriff in his you know four or five years there no yeah was that was fred mcgriff's best years or best team probably not mm. but but for you, them you go look in their history you're gonna see fred mcgriff quite a bit right right so that's kind of how we did it too so mm. um obviously you can go look anywhere you'll see different lists and different players and different eras and reason why but we kind of keep it you know we don't try getting into too much of the stats because you'll be here for, for a week doing each team sure yeah definitely you could be here forever to just to argue about one position on one team you know so yeah. um especially when it's <clears throat> as deep as the yankees or red Sox. oh my god you go, oh, yeah. hey bruce you could do it like come on give me a break yeah yeah so, yeah yeah that's pretty much that's pretty much our list um the only other thing we got to add here is, of course, our trivia question. Yeah. Um, obviously, it brings up 
legends and Hall of Famers and stuff like that. So behind the number 42, which is retired by every single team for Jackie Robinson, what is the next highest number or most retired number in MLB history? That number being number 20 is retired for 10 players. A couple of those players include Mike Schmidt, Luis Gonzalez, and Jorge Posada. Those are just a couple guys who wore 20 and got retired. But that is the next highest or next most retired number in baseball is number 20. Yeah. That's... I believe, by, like I said, by 10, I believe the second highest or third highest, I guess you would say, is uh, I believe it was number 14. We've seen more. I think Konerko's got his number retired and uh, some guys like that, Pete Rose. So I think that was the second. That was the next one with, with nine players. Yeah. Yeah, I figured it was within – if it wasn't 42 – I had to guess, obviously, within the first 10, 1 through 10. It's easy because that goes back to the earliest days of baseball with where they were numeric you know, for the lineup. And then, you know, 10 through 20 make the next most sense. You know, anything above 42 is kind of – there's a few there, 44, you know, 50 maybe, stuff like that. But it had to be within the first 20 or 30, you would have thought, you know, 25 so yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Uh, I didn't really. It took me a few guesses. I didn't think twenty was the nice nice, nice round number, um, but I didn't really think of too many players with twenty. So, so no, that's definitely a good trivia question. I don't know. I would like to see the list of like you know, is it 20, 42, 20, 14, 15? Yeah, I don't know. It'd, it'd be a cool list to look up. Yeah, and it's ever changing, especially with numbers getting retired more and more now than ever before. It's an ever changing list that we're gonna see be adjusted possibly you know each year so it seems to be a number retired each year at least one for somewhere yeah but yeah I just figured I'd bring that up obviously talking about some franchises and some franchise greats and hall of famers and stuff like that figured bring up some retired numbers so yeah yeah that's uh definitely appropriate um so this is kind of what we're going to be doing until we hit our predictions episode as we kind of mentioned uh last episode we are going to do every other week, so we're going to be off next week again. Um, then we're going to come back and do the AL Central uh, all-time teams here. So look out for that. Uh, obviously, like I said, there's the CBA lockout going on, and there's been, there were a lot of signings in our week off we had. But um, I think it's a little unfair to just kind of blow through these guys because some of these some of these acquisitions really change a team. I mean, look at the Rangers are looking different, Mariners, Mets. We go into it forever. But until we have a full picture of what the CBA looks like, is there a universal DH, uh, you know, things like that, that's going to change the game. What about pitch clocks and, you know, little stuff like that. So once we have a full look at what the season could look like and what teams will look like, then we'll get to it. But uh, for now, we're just going to stick with the all-time franchise teams. And then we will come back in the new year with some predictions, and we'll go from there. In the CBA, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully one day. Um, <laughs> I don't think it'll be too bad. Or we won't have to worry about nothing. Yeah, or we just worry about us looking at a black screen again and no baseball. Yeah. Well, that's what it looks like you have a blackout anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the baseball issue. Maybe the CBA will cover. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. You know, we're, we're right now we're in a, in a lockout, which I feel like will be handled yeah. by early January, early New Year. But, you know, obviously a lot happened leading up to the lockout for good reasons. You might want to have some security on your, you know, on your money and stuff. Mm. Um, but exciting to see what a CBA, new CBA can look like. And just to get the game free agency back rolling again. Before you know it, spring training will be here and the weather will be warming up and, you know, we'll have baseball again. Sure. Yeah, definitely. 
yeah, we'll see what happens with the CBA. We'll we'll come with a you know a, every little news bit we get for each episode. If we, who knows, maybe in by the AL West episode we have some news with the CBA. It's on the good side, but I could see it lasting a little while. But I think overall, I think they're going to avoid a, a like a real lockout. So I don't think there's that much at, as of right now how it's seeming. I don't think there's that much to worry about. Obviously, the the word lockout is uh, tough to swallow. You don't want to go without a little bit of the season, but let them bicker it out and figure out what they want to do for the next season, next few seasons, and then uh, and we'll go from there. So everybody already lost money once, you know, last you know two years ago, however you want to count, it, 2020. Mm. So do the players and the owners really want to lose money again so quickly? Wouldn't be advisable. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. You know, wouldn't say so, especially with the game trying to grow. So we'll see. Uh, it'll be. I think we'll be fine. And you can't listen to the reports. Every report always, you know, not every report, but there's always reports coming out there that it's doomsday and baseball never come back. And always like that for, you know, with the COVID stuff. And the next day they sign a deal and it's like, just shut up. Yeah. There's always people out there. Oh, it's never coming back. It's that's not the case. Baseball will be back at some point when, I don't know. I think it'll be, you know, end of December, early January, you'll have a deal done. Right. Yeah, I agree. So we'll, like I said, we'll come with updates as we get them, but for now we're going to be off next week. Come back in two weeks to the AL Central list, and we'll go from there and see what's going on. Yeah, yeah. So if that's uh, that's all I got for this episode uh, with our AL East all-franchise team, if that's kind of all you got too, then we'll wrap this one up. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's all I got. All right. Well, uh, thank you guys for listening. You can catch this podcast on Apple Podcasts as well as Google Podcasts and Spotify. You can listen on our regularly updated YouTube channel as well as our website, screwball.podbean.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Will Mike Lepree. You can follow me on Instagram at Mike Lepree. And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at FDubs10. You can follow our official Screwball Twitter at Screwball Pod. You can follow our official Screwball Facebook at Screwball Pod. No Ian Screw. And that's it from us, guys. We'll see you next episode. Yep. Take care.